You're listening to Permission To, the podcast where we dive into the science and soul of owning your worthiness as a perfectly imperfect human being. I'm your host, Sam Duke, psychotherapist, positive psychology coach, mama to a beautiful five-year-old, Emily, and passionate advocate for living an inspired life. My aim is to show you that you have full permission to own your worthiness so that you can embrace your true nature and begin walking boldly toward your dreams. Let's dive in. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Permission 2. This time we are chatting with the amazing Beck Cazillo, who is a spiritual business coach for women who want to build abundant, heart-led, sustainable businesses that truly set their souls on fire. Beck's approach combines soulful business strategy with full, fully embodied feminine spirituality. Through her group coaching and mastermind offerings, Beck is on a mission to support women to claim their worth, master their mindset, and step into their highest vision for their life and business. She now balances biz life with mum life, living in Canberra, Australia, with her husband, Matt, and their beautiful little Noah. So Beck, as you know, when I decided to expand my business with a baby, I had never done that before. Like I started my first business when Emily was one. So I knew how to grow a business with like a toddler and when I had daycare, but I had no idea how to, you know, grow and expand my business with a baby. And whenever I want to do something new and I want to really anchor into that belief that it's possible, I look for proof that it's possible. Um, And you are my proof that it's possible (laughs) because for those of you who don't know, we did Ellie Swift's first um, mastermind together. And Beck um, had, how old was Noah when you did that? I think when I signed up, he was like seven weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and then I like I remember I just got to witness you doing these like epic launches and growing your business so much with this baby, with this beautiful Noah and and like really loving motherhood as well. So I you were like my um example that like I didn't have to put my business on hold for a year. I could still, you know, grow it in a way that felt really good to me. Mm-hmm. So I would love to sh- for you to share a bit of the story of how you joined Ellie's Mastermind and how you scaled your business when Noah, Noah was a baby and what it was like for you. I love this question. And it, is, <laughs> it still feels ridiculous thinking back on that, that I made that decision and investment at that time. And actually what I did post that. Because I remember, so I had this conversation when I signed up to that. I had this conversation with Ellie that was like, so... I've just had a baby. I'm thinking of joining. Do I wait for the next round? Like, what do I do here? And she was like, well, if you're just, you know, spending a bit of time working on the back end, putting some things in place, then like, let's do it. And you've got that opportunity to do some learning and do some setup. And, you know, while, you know, you're, you've got a little one, you've got this time and space. And I was like, okay, cool. I could totally do that. Anyway, <laughs> as you said, as you said, I did decide to launch during that period. I reckon it was only like maybe six weeks into the program and I was already launching something, which um, wasn't the plan. And I think that's probably the first thing I think that's Mm -hmm. worth noting is I didn't really have set plans and I kind of went with the flow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And Noah was you know, as I hate using the term good baby, but he did sleep really well. And so 
I definitely didn't have that kind of exhaustion that I could have had. And I didn't really know what to expect, right? First baby, no idea what to expect. Um, so I hadn't got made the plans, but when I kind of got into it and I was doing that work on the back end, I was like, you know what? I could launch this program that I've launched before. So I didn't necessarily create anything new. Yeah. And I had my first five-figure launch. Wow. <laughs> um, having just joined that mastermind, which was pretty exciting and uh, very, very cool. I did make a few changes into like, in like what marketing I was doing and how many emails I sent out and stuff like that. So I think having joined the mastermind, I had like this renewed confidence and I had this, um, these strategies that I wasn't afraid to implement when I was just on my own. So yeah, I suppose the biggest learnings I can take away and share from that is, you know, making that investment. The decision was really around the fact that I'd had my business at that point for just a bit over three years mm. and I'd been cruising for a while. Like things were going okay, but they weren't going, you know, like I wasn't growing and growing and growing like some people do. And I'd been afraid to make any investment. And I'd had this baby and I was like, you know what? I need to do something different. Something needs to change. I need to make an investment. And I was, I, you know, I was ready for that. So mm -hmm. I went in being like, this, this needs to happen. Something needs to happen. I need support. And I made that decision without any expectations of what that would look like. And I think going into motherhood in business is probably, that's probably a good thing to kind of release any expectations. Um, I love that you didn't have any expectations because it kind of comes back to that self-trust, right? Like, that I'm just going to trust that whatever decisions I make this year are right for me. But also what I love about your story, Beck, is that like I'm such a fan of investing in one-on-one -on -one coaching and group coaching. And But I think your story really shows like there's no such thing as a right or wrong time to invest in coaching because that's something I have a lot of chats with in my community. People are often like, they wait or they think they need to wait till the perfect time to invest in their business or to invest in their life. And that actually sometimes investing when life's really messy or yeah, you're going through a massive transition, like becoming a mom, <laughs> that, that's actually like, it can be a really good time to invest, right? Yes. Especially when you don't put all that pressure on yourself that, oh, well, I'm investing. So I've got to like, you know, earn this much money or I've got to push myself really hard. You're just trusting, well, I'm going to invest and I'm always going to be investing. So there's no pressure on it. Yeah, 100%. I think, I think when things are messier, that's actually yeah. probably a really great time to make that investment. I think so too. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. too, I think releasing expectations so that you can fully trust and just yeah. know like whatever happens, this is the right decision, if that makes yes. sense. Yeah. Yeah. I've been asking a lot, like, is it pressure or is it permission? Like coming from a place of like, it's permission to grow, but there's no pressure to grow. That feels so much lighter, right? When you're looking after a baby as well, you don't need like pressure to grow, yes. but you're giving yourself permission to take risks and to grow. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I yeah. love that. Mm. And so uh, I guess one thing, you probably know this about me, but I don't really believe that work-life balance is realistic. Like I think that that term, it's an important term because when people ask that question, like they 
it's a it's an issue isn't it right like for women like how do we and for men like how do we juggle business and mum life or you know being a parent or just all the different roles that we have in life but I think that um, balance can make it seem a bit unrealistic and it can create a lot of pressure and perfectionism and so I like to use the word like work-life harmony instead but I was curious like how do you think that you create work-life balance or harmony or whatever you want to call it (laughs) when you're juggling mum life and business because I get asked this question a lot I mean I think releasing expectations taking the pressure off is probably the first thing I would say because I think any of that stuff that comes up, you know, what you're talking about, if you try and achieve balance, you know, in air quotes, it feels hard when, you know, things happen and you have to sacrifice one thing. I mean, there's always trade-offs, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. the, that's the reality of having multiple responsibilities in your life. There's always going to be a trade-off between, well, this is the season of life that I'm in right now. So business has to look different, you know? Yeah. When I first had Noah, I was working one day a week. I was lucky to have my parents who would take him one day a week for me, which was amazing. Yeah. We put him into daycare. Now I've got three days a week. So that feels really spacious. Yeah. But I also know that that means on a Thursday, Friday, when he's with me, that I'm not as present in my business. And I do still do some work on mm-hmm. those days. Yeah. And that's a decision I've made, but I also have to like take the pressure off myself for what that looks like. And some weeks that looks different and other weeks that, you know, you just have to kind of go with the flow, I suppose. Um, The biggest thing for me has been investing in support and having people I can rely on to support me. And so that looks like house cleaning. (laughs) Um, so we have a house cleaner who comes every fortnight that looks like investing in childcare. And I remember when we first put Noah in working from home and having care is a really big decision to make. And oh, it is. Yeah. yeah. And I think he was 18 months old when we put him into daycare. And I remember just being like, you know, it was hard those first few weeks, well, first couple of months probably where we were taking him in yeah. and he didn't want to be there. You know, he was fine once we left, of course, but, you know, those moments where you do the drop off and it's really hard. It's like, what am I doing? Like I could just have him home with me. You know, mm. that's been working for the last 18 months. We can yeah. keep that going. Uh, ultimately, it's been really good for him uh, socially, mm. I think, Uh and he learned so much at daycare. <laughs> I'm certainly not the crafty, hands-on mum who organises activities for him. So it's nice that he gets to do that with someone else. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so investing in support in that way, like in, in the home, and then also having support in my business. So I didn't have a VA or any kind of team support until after mm. uh, he was born. And I made that decision because I was like, I can't keep doing all this on my own. I can't keep wearing all the hats. It's too much to do uh, everything. Yeah, I think so. It sounds like that idea. We've got very similar values, I think, around like I see a lot of mums in business and they're kind of like, oh, well, I'm going to start a business at home so that my child doesn't need any care and I'm going to run my business full time. And then it's so stressful, right, because 
like it's it's trying to do everything yourself and it, it's I find it um that a lot of mums get really really stressed trying to do that so I think having lots of support in the home for your children and then also for your business is so key right and I think it's okay to make those decisions right like you can be a full-time stay-at-home mom and have a business yeah but you have to be realistic around what your capacity looks like yeah exactly yeah and the expectations you place on yourself in terms of how much you can grow your business yes and how much income you can bring in with your capacity you know it's possible to grow your business but it's about those trade-offs and it's like okay well what's the decision here Yes, I think I think you're right. Like it is possible to grow a business from home. Um, yeah, for yeah, without having any care for your children, but you, you might need to do it a little bit more slower, a little bit more sustainably, or you might need extra help in the house, like around cleaning or and I love the way you describe all the different trade-offs, like and that's so much more realistic than this idea of like a perfectly balanced, <laughs> you know, mum and business life. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's expectations on yourself too around what that looks like I remember when I first started working from home Hmm. you have to be really clear around what that looks like right yeah if there are dishes in the sink and I'm working I don't clean the dishes in the sink right like those are still there at the end of the day the same way they would be if I went to an office and worked yes yeah and that's a really clear boundary isn't it and I think like you've got to get the whole family on board for that yeah yeah you're not just like hanging out at home doing nothing right like you are working you know that doesn't mean you can't go and put a load of laundry on if you want to in the middle of the day because you've got that flexibility but yeah you know you're making that choice right I think it's always about being really intentional around your decisions and I think as a mum in business you have to be even more intentional with that yeah it's so true at the moment we've got a nanny helping us with Frankie two mornings a week um, while I work in my business and a few people have said oh don't you feel like you're missing out on time with Frankie but I actually realized because she's uh, we call her like I think she's like a a she's kind of like a fairy and a Mary Poppins all blended into one like (laughs) because obviously Frankie's still napping a lot and like so say I'm working for like four or five hours two or three hours of that is Frankie napping and like Anne will actually do so much around the house during that time so I've actually realized getting that support with my with Frankie gives me more time with her because I'm I'm doing less what I'm doing less of is stuff around the house Mm. and I think that's the other thing too you've got to kind of prioritize your highest values like if you've if you if your business is really important and your kids are really important to you, then maybe it is that the housework is the thing that you just lower your standards with or get some help with, right? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So, I think yeah. that's such a good thing to reflect mm. on too. It's mm. this, you know, everybody has an idea around what mm-hmm. help looks like. Yes. And, you know, oh, well, that whole oh, but you're sacrificing time with your child. It's like actually sometimes you make that decision to have some time in your business because actually that's going to be more supportive for you as a human. And if you're going to be a better mum because you've actually got some time to focus on things that are important to you outside of your kids, then the time you spend with your kids is going to be better quality essentially, which is really nice. Yeah, I think so. And yeah, just doing less housework. <laughs> which <laughs> I'm really not too phased about my relationship to cleaning and cooking. Like <laughs> not at all. 
agreed. But I did have that because I've got this contrast, right? Because I had Emily um, before I started my business. Like I started my business when she was one. And I had this whole idea that mums should stay at home with their babies and take like a whole year off. A lot of Australian women do that, right? And so that's kind of what I tried to do. But I was honestly quite, like, I obviously loved her and I've got lots of like happy memories, but I also remember being quite bored and quite restless. And like during her nap time, I'd watch a lot of TV, which is fine, but it wasn't really like meaningful or good for my brain. Whereas now, like if Frankie has a nap and I'm doing something on my business, I feel really um, inspired. So I kind of like to think about my business actually, that it's giving to my family and it's giving energy to me and nourishing me rather than taking away from Frankie and Emily. Yeah. So, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And I think if you make decisions around what's nourishing for you, yeah, yes, you can't go wrong. Yeah. You know? So there's no wrong decision. No, there's not. But it's all about what works for you and what yeah. supports you. Yeah. And it's not going to be perfect or balanced. It's going to look messy. <laughs> it's going to look messy, right? <laughs> it is. You know what's so interesting, though? I think when you become a mum, yeah. you get really good at focusing on the things that matter yes. and prioritizing things yeah. Yeah. and I think it only gets really hard is if you're putting all the pressure on yourself to have everything done 100% perfect all the time mm-hmm. yeah um it just doesn't exist right and then when you're a mom it's like well now I've got this whole added thing so mm-hmm. we need to dial that back even yeah. more <laughs> I love how you let go of like being a crafty mom as well. Like I'm the same. I'm like, I don't set up any special activities. Like I'm just not a crafty yeah. mom. You know, yeah. we might bake something together every yeah. couple of months. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think yeah. making those decisions around, you know, who you are as a person as well, it's really supportive. I think so. And it's also like helps with your identity as a mum, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and and so for anyone who's listening who's like maybe you know it might not even be that they're becoming a mum maybe just like something else is happening in their family or they've taken on a caring role or you know their life is changing and, and needs more of them but they're also wanting to scale their business what um, tips have you got for anyone who is seeking to expand their life their business yeah I mean I think the biggest thing, the biggest change around becoming a mum is your time, right? Like you've got yeah. less time to focus yes. on the things that matter. And so anybody who's in that position, whether they're even just intentionally yeah. being like, yeah, I just want to work less and mm-hmm. earn the same amount or earn more. Yeah. I think the key is to make decisions. And as we've been talking about, make mm-hmm. those decisions really intentionally about what your time is and what you're going to prioritise. Yeah. your zone of genius is mm-hmm. yes. uh, and then make decisions around okay well you know there'll be times in your life and in your business where you'll have more time and so yeah. it's like okay well actually I'm not going to outsource that thing because I've got the time to do it right now yeah but as you're starting to cut back on those hours for whatever reason it's like okay well we need to outsource things what's going to be the best thing to outsource right now? Like what's yeah. going to save you time? Yeah. And I remember, you know, a lot of people outsource their social media because that's yeah. the easiest thing for them to hand over. It's the thing that takes them so much time. Yeah. yeah. You know? And so they make that decision. For me, one of the biggest things 
that takes up my time is writing content for yes. social media or writing mm-hmm. email content for launches and stuff like that. And so I've had support with that in the past. Yes. But at the time, I didn't even think that was going to be the thing that was really supportive. But now I know like, oh, that's yeah. what I need. I need that in my life, right? I need that because it just takes you too long. And I know I can write well, but I've also got so much content that can be repurposed from past things. Yeah. So so get someone in to support me with that. And it just takes a huge load off, right? So it's like working out what it is that's going to give you back that time to actually focus on the things that matter and the things that are going to move your business forward. Yeah, like essentially, if you're a coach, like you need to show up for your clients. And if you're like me, and I'm sure like you, Beck, like that's a favorite bit of your business. Yeah. Like nearly everything else you can outsource. So it's choosing like the bits that you love and that are your strengths and outsourcing the other bits, isn't it? Yeah. And we've had the same person help us with (laughs) social media. And I feel like that was like a golden period of my business. You know, if you're listening, you know who you are. (laughs) Um, Because you're right, like especially if you record like lots of masterclasses or you have podcasts and someone else can listen to your content and help you to pull things out and create social media. And that does take up a lot of time in business. So, Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's working out what it is for you that's going to be most supportive. And, you know, I've got clients who tech isn't their favourite thing. Yeah. They're not a tech native. They don't yes. like learning new things. And yeah. it's like, okay, well, we outsource stuff that, you know, is going to take you forever to do because you don't yeah. know how to use that platform, right? Yeah. And so it's about making those decisions really, really intentionally. So I think my biggest tip is mm. to work out what you're going to outsource Yes. And what your budget is, I suppose, around that as well. And then making the best decisions for you. Mm-hmm. And then ensuring as well that your business model is going to support you mm-hmm. to work in the way you want to work. And so, you know, a lot of people, if they're coaches, they start off their business working one-to-one. Mm-hmm. That obviously has an income ceiling attached to it because you're only going to have so much capacity to work one-to-one with clients. And so what does a different type of program look like or a different type of model look like or how can you continue to work one-to-one but still earn the same money like you have to make those decisions around your business model as well yeah and it's sometimes being creative like I know that I've added a lot more Voxer support into my business this year uh, because that's so flexible for me with a bub um, that I'm doing a lot less one-on-one like full long call so it's you know there's lots of different ways that you can be creative isn't there with Yes. Expanding your business, but not necessarily taking up more of your time. Exactly. Or being more flexible with your yeah. time. Yeah. Yes. Um, and actually that's in many ways going to be supportive for your clients on the other end too. And I always oh, yeah. think about that. Yeah. Like if this is easier for me, well, then it's yeah. going to be easier for someone else too on the other end. Yeah, I find my clients love Voxer because it, yeah, like it's just so flexible, you know. If you're working full time or you're a mama, you can you can send a message at any time and then the person can respond whenever they're available, right? So it is it's yeah, it's getting a bit creative with with how people can work with you that works for you and for them. Yeah. And is going to support you to build the business you want to build, right? And so it's kind of looking at all of the different aspects and then, you know well, this is what, what I'm going to offer. This is what's going to work best for me, my clients and the business going forward yes. in this season of life, right? Like things don't have to stay the same. Yes. You know, I have so many conversations with clients where it's like, oh, well, I, I'm putting together this program 
and I want to make sure that it's really great. And it's like, well, of course, we're going to make yeah. it as great as it can be. Yeah. And then we run it and we get feedback and we make changes to it. You know, yeah. nothing's set in stone. You can do things differently. You can change things. You can improve things. Yes. we. I've been having this discussion with my community a lot. Like sometimes you just have to make the, the decision that feels best for now, you know, and know that that's the best decision for right now. And yet in six months time, it might not look like that and you might make a different decision. But I think we overwhelm ourselves and we think that we're making decisions for like five years time because we think, oh, it's going to be like that forever. But it doesn't have to. It's your business and you can change it whenever you want to. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. And so, you know, if you are going to have a baby soon, yeah. like, okay, well, we know that in the first year, there's yeah. going to be a lot of changes quite quickly, right? Yeah. Like, yes. Quite quickly yes. with a small human. Yes. And so it's okay to be flexible and change things quite rapidly yeah. alongside that. Yeah. 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 Oh, thank you, Beck. And so if anyone would love to work with you or just like follow you and keep in contact, what's the best way for people to find you? So the best way for people to find me is Instagram. So mm -hmm. I'm at beck.cazillo. Come and hang out. Yeah. And and a, Let me know <laughs> if you love this episode. Yeah. <laughs> and are there any exciting opportunities or ways that people can work with you this year or coming up soon? Yeah, I've got a couple of things coming up. I have uh, two different programs that I run. So um, the next program I'm running is called the Spiritual Business Academy. That's my eight-week program for women who are in the early stages of their business and looking to put the foundations together. So that's the next program I have coming up. Mm -hmm. So if that sounds like you, reach out to me. I also have my mastermind program, which I'll be running again in October. And a few other different bits and pieces along the way. So come and hang out. If you find me on Instagram, you'll keep up to date with everything. Mm. Uh, and I also have a podcast as well. So you can come and listen to me at Feminine Fire with Beck Cazillo. There's an episode with you on there. Already. Yes, there is. <laughs> I love how organized you are with your year and like, you know, how you're mapping everything out. It's great. <laughs> I know. I uh, I like being planned. I've got yes. a bit of a plan. It can be flexible, but yeah. I generally like to know, especially when you run like long-term programs, um, yeah. you know, my mastermind's a six-month mastermind. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those dates are usually set in stone and then everything works around them. Works around it. Love it. Oh, flexibility is so important, right? Well, you have a beautiful day and thanks for the chat. And yeah, I'm sure you'll get lots of DMs from everyone about this episode because it was so fun. So fun. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> See you, Beck. <laughs>